0: Cheers. Thanks for uh, thanks for coming over. That's like huge, though. You know, for the fact that we finally have you on this podcast.
1: Yeah, it's been a long time coming. Um, Pretty sure we asked you like three months ago, four months ago. It's been a while, yeah. I'm yeah. not gonna lie. But
0: um, should we just uh, let's bang it out, dude? Yeah, cool. Yeah.
1: Here we go. Uh, five, four, three,
0: two, one. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome back. Hey, hey. To the greatest podcast <laughs> ever invented. This is the greatest podcast. We've ever invented, uh, and, and it's the, the great, only podcast we ever invented. It's the only <laughs> podcast you listen to. Uh, my name is Harrison. I'm your host for tonight. My name is Alex. I'm your co-host. And welcome to Did You Eat Yet? And I'm, I'm curious, guys, did you guys eat yet? No, we're hungry. No, we didn't eat we're yet. We're very hungry, but we are, uh, you know, drinking a little bit tonight. Uh, we got our claws. No laws with the claws. No laws with the claws. <laughs> and then we have, uh, you know, I have a little bit of whiskey on deck as well. Um, and today, guys, we—I'm uh, so excited, man, a special this episode guest. for our very special guest. Yes. We got uh, our boy. Switch over to that later. <laughs> I got you. I got you. <laughs> I got you. Uh, we got our, our special guest, DK Dapper, everyone. Woo. Hey, wh- what's going on, bro? How you, what's
2: going on? Um, How you been, man? It's been an interesting year. Absolutely. Um. Yeah, tell me about it. So 2020, I mean, everyone knows about it already, uh, but for me personally, it was um, a lot of time off going remote. Um getting furloughed um and then moving to like remote part-time work and then from there kind of like bracing myself to come back into the city then going back in and assimilating to city life through covid um going back into the field full-time and then um just recently i just started moving on to um to looking at school for data science. Oh um, wow, huge! Yeah, but the best part of this year was probably the amount of golf I played this summer. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Oh, uh, there shoot. we so go. It's not all.
1: It's not all bad, you know. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I mean, what did you do uh, before COVID? Like in terms of work and what,
2: what was your like profession? So I'm in the hospitality industry, and officially my title was is operations development manager. So I oversaw a lot of the Um, the field teams making sure that we're rolling out everything um, whatever incentive whatever game plan and strategy that uh, we came up with at corporate also just making my main focus though was like project managing the new store opens or any type of remodels that we're doing yeah Um, and kind of like um, playing middleman between all the different corporate um, departments the field team um, to make sure everything opens on time. For yeah, sure. uh, but what kind of hospitality? What, like, what, what kind of, uh,
1: sp- if you had to go into specifics?
2: More specifically in the coffee industry, yeah. cafe style. Mm. Um, yeah.
0: Cool. Here's the thing, man. It's like, if there's anything about DK that I want to talk about, it's just this dude, low key. No, 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 F that. High key, one of the hardest working dudes I've ever met. This guy works so much. I've never seen someone who's like, I don't know. You, you tell me. Is it an ambition thing? Is it a drive thing? Is it just like, oh, if you got something to do, you got to do it? If, like, are you like kind of type A? Like, what is it that like gets you to that point? Because you work so much. I do.
2: It's definitely not the type A thing because I'm. <laughs> I think I'm like I. I define what type B is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really textbook. more just about yeah, I'm textbook type B. But for me, I think it's really the industry. Um, I hospitality hospitality industry, industry you yeah. roll your sleeves up it's not like a like you're in a cubicle you just kind of punch in at nine leave at five like in an ops mindset it's really like doing whatever it takes to get things done um you're working with your hands you're like rolling up your sleeves so I think that mentality kind of struck and then you mix that with project management and it's like whatever it takes to like meet the deadline um, so I think it's really driven by that industry. I think if you talk to a lot of people, they aren't afraid to get their hands dirty and do whatever it takes uh, to get it done. Like a lot of my colleagues, you know, they're working 7 a.m. till midnight sometimes. Jeez. Like you, because you're in the field, but you're also like doing like other work, like admin administrative work that you couldn't get to because you're in the field during the day. Sure. Um, and everyone kind of just does whatever they can yeah. to make the. You know, make well, the dream work. What would you say, like, is your average number of hours per week that you were working? Um, it really depends on my uh, week, because sometimes we would have one opening. Sometimes we'd have two openings. Um, so, it kind of depended on the amount of things that were going on throughout the project. Yeah. But I think on average, probably, like, 50 to 60 hours. But That's what, what I'm saying, man. What do you think was the worst, though? Um. Well, we're... We are um like a national brand. Mm-hmm. So working with the East Coast Coffee. Oh yeah. my gosh. East yeah. Coast He's coffee traveling shops all the time. open at six thirty. Um and then the West Coast ones close at four, which is seven o'clock our time. Jeez. So kind of like you're But you have to manage both East and West Coast essentially. Yeah, like, you're on deck yeah. for anything and everything that could come. Um mm-hmm. and also, because we are a, a smaller startup mindset company, right. um, it's kind of like you wear many different hats. So you don't, you don't get the resources that a big company would where you can sure. kind of pawn this off to this person or that yeah. department. I mean, like in bigger companies, they
1: would have like a east
2: team and a west team sure. and like a
1: central team. Different but yeah. you know, it's just like startups, it's probably going to be a little bit more, um, hey, can you be available from whenever. six to <laughs> <All> whenever? <day. laughs> but that's yeah. the thing. That's the thing
0: about him, bro. Like I would text him any time of the hour and I'd be like, yo, what you doing? He's like, yo, I'm, I'm at the, I'm at the office yep. or oh, I'm at the store. Yep. I'm always working. Like yeah. this guy, I text him any time of day he's working. Yeah. And so for me, it's just like, you know, now I'm realizing it's, it's a kind of like, uh, the nature of the industry. It's mm-hmm. like, if you don't do it, it's just never going to get done. And then like, Operationally, everything is just like comes crashing down. Like that—that's what it kind of
2: seems. like. It's like, like no? that. Own your business mindset. So, if, as an operator in operations, yeah. you own your business. Right. And right, right. when your business spans multiple regions across the country, you know you have that much more responsibility. Do you feel like it?
1: Doing all that kind of helps you or sets you up for maybe starting your own thing one day, or is it kind of not? like one to one like transfer.
0: Man, know? I want him to start something, man. Yeah. I've been talking I mean, We about always talk him. about
1: that cuz DK always has like a lot of different interests as well, like But he's also had,
0: like he has a skill set, he's got yeah. the ambition, you know what I mean? I feel like, you know, it, it's tough now obviously, yeah. but like I've always wanted him to uh, do his own thing.
2: And I did. I we've had plenty of conversations around that yeah. and yeah. thankfully like my, with my work experience, I was able to touch a lot of different departments, so um going into a site when it's in the construction phase to sourcing all the different types of inventories, working with the vendors, hiring a team, mm-hmm. training the team, executing, um, marketing team, uh, around the new opening and like the social media aspect of that, which is so important right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, just like, setting up vendor finances with our finance team like i mean i think it's spanned across so many different departments that i got a nice insight into what each department does which um i think it's very valuable experience because no one really gets to witness from start to finish of how the store gets there you see so many businesses going up and it's the sad part when you see because of COVID all the businesses shutting down yeah the amount of hours that people had to put um just to get that store opened and to see so many shut across the country. Yeah, yeah that t- um, that makes sense. What know. do you
0: think like the the main differences from companies especially like in, in the New York market? Yeah. Uh these brick and mortar uh restaurants, cafes um that make it and they don't make it? What's the difference? You know that you you would probably you mean with
1: COVID or just in general, just in
0: general. Like, I'm curious more about the New York market. Like you know, what in your mind is it like catering to the millennials and being very tech focused and like you know easy contactless pickup and like you know f- you know app ordering that kind of stuff, or is it just like quality? Is it product location? Like, what would you say the most important thing is?
2: I wouldn't be able to say it's one specific thing. I think it is it is a bevy of um, different. Um, explanations of like why companies are successful. I mean, location is a big one. And then it's like when you go into a location, like catering your brand and catering your marketing around it. So like if you're going into a more like upper west, upper east neighborhood style, like I would really say that like your customer service and your personality and your outreach um, will be more important versus people I'd say in Midtown or Fideye, which I mean, they would appreciate like the hospitality, of course, but for them, it's more about speed. Like they would, <clears throat> excuse me, they would focus nice. more on about that. Um, He's hungry, man. Leave him yeah. alone. Uh, did I eat yet? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, they would focus more on the, the speed aspect because what's important for them is is you know getting their coffee faster because they need to go back into work. Yeah, Um they don't really care too much for all the. um the, the chit-chat that you might get in a more of a neighborhood feel. Yeah. So, I mean, and then, like, yeah, I think COVID really did highlight how tech is so important. So moving to contactless ordering and, like, pre-ordering and, like, um, even just, like... Delivery, delivery all, all, all sorts of that. Yeah, like, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, like, yeah. tech is so important. And um, I've had to play a big part in the tech for our company as well. And, right. you know, yeah, you really, like, under- notice it. You know, and, like, integrating tech with...
1: I guess, hospitality in its own way is kind of like blending two, what feels like opposite sides together, sure. and then yeah. you get that like nice uh, harmony for sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know, I always thought like with, at least with coffee or just any, I guess any general like brand, um, startup or whatever, I think for me, I think the importance is like a br- the brand and the story because I always hear- Are you are into that kind of stuff, man? I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I'm into it, but I just, for example, when I like there are like coffee companies like Starbucks, right? But everyone yeah. knows what Starbucks is. Sure. But there's also like Blue Bottle, right? Sure. And but Blue Bottle, I don't really know too much about it. But pe- but I've heard through other people that like Blue Bottle has like a background. There's like a story about the the, the CEO or the owner like not being happy with the quality of coffee, so uh, he went out and did some whatever like vision quest or whatever sure. to learn about coffee in a better way. But the fact that you mix that, if you have like a story with your brand, I think it really does kind of have like an impact to like your customers. And then I noticed a lot of times, at least in New York City, that the core of the coffee shop is kind of important as well. Like some, some places just look like Apple stores. right? And then they, they do crazy. that intentionally, right? Because yeah. it's like a right. sense of minimalism and people are just there to get coffee and get out, right?
0: It feels good when you go like, in, yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. So I think that, I mean, I think there are a mix of things, right? Like location, branding, story all of those things combined. And no. then you, but the reality is you're just getting coffee, Yeah. but people still go. And that's the thing.
0: Yeah. That's the thing. That's how they get you. Right. Cause you know, I'm in obviously branding. So like, you know, I'm, I'm always thinking about what kind of brand image, brand story, like, you know, a company's trying to tell. So, right. um, I think generally speaking though, I find it funny that people, uh, enjoy that kind of stuff and they're compelled to buy Be or like, cho- like if you're like choosing between three vent coffee vendors that you'd pick one because you, the, because the the backstory resonated with you, I think that's just like so funny. Yeah, it's, like, I mean, it's who crazy. really cares what the backstory was, you know? Yeah, as long as you Why get does that coffee. Matter?
1: But I mean, I mean, some some places are very like mission driven. Like yeah. a, any proceeds go, to, or a certain percentage of the proceeds go to you know some. We we company. plant a
0: tree out in the uh, the Amazon. Yeah, right. So, but that's right. the thing, bro. I'm curious. Um, for you, man, it's like it's not like you necessarily studied hospitality in college or anything like that. Like I don't know if like you know that was necessarily kind of. Uh, uh, something you had sought out to do. I'm curious, like, what's your background like? Like, what did you study in uh, in college? And, like, um, what made you kind of, like, end up in uh, working for, for a coffee business, man?
2: Uh, so, I'm probably one of the most indecisive people out there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um, he's a hard worker. <laughs> and I, think it,
2: I, I think it reflects in... Uh, but I also, I'm not the type of person, I think, to get caught up in one single thing. I do like to have a multitude of different interests and, yeah. and passions. Um, but, so I actually started... Undergrad as a the only male jazz vocal performance major, so I went into wow. music. Wow! Um, and then I still distinctly remember the phone call that my dad um, and I shared, where he just said, "Listen, like I get it, you're going after your jazz vocal degree, um, but what does it look like in four years?"
1: Wow, <laughs> your dad is so
2: cool. The that's way that's a tough conversation. <laughs> yeah, so uh, <laughs> supportive. Yeah, uh, in a roundabout way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I went in as that and then I after a year I switched over to psych. Wasn't the biggest fan of psych, uh, and then I switched it over to justice and just kept psych as a minor. So mm. I was a justice major um with law school in mind. Um with a psych minor and a and a jazz minor. Yeah. And um from there I remember my last senior year, I interned at Ex- Essex County um, at the public defender's office. And um, I actually was, because of my psych minor, I was put into like the uh, the mental health division. So I do remember um, working with uh, a few people that semester that were actually um, like had mental issues. And then you also had the um, defendants who were pleading insanity and like, um, would prefer to go into a mental institution rather than go and serve time in jail or prison. Um, so I think working with the type of cases that I was able to see firsthand, I wasn't the biggest fan. I was like, I don't think I'm ready to for this. And I guess from, I mean, like respect to lawyers, um, I don't know how like if a trial doesn't go their way, how like it's a, it's an emotional burden I think for them and I don't think I was ready for that, especially seeing the people that needed the extra care because they were, um, most of them were like genuinely like mentally disabled or mental had other mental issues. Um. So uh, after graduating, I thought I would have wanted to go to law school, but then I put that on pause and I, was working for a luxury menswear brand at the time, um, and then moved over to home furnishings for a luxury brand as well. And that's also how you got the name, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I used to be uh, where I used to wear suits every day, so that's where the nickname came from. Wow, um, you must have looked good in them suits. Yeah, dapper, no rapper. Hey, <laughs> there we go, man. And then how did that
0: transition out?
2: Um, So I actually got a lot of experience like I think dealing with um, clients so um, I was doing that for a while and I had straight off course from what I had initially intended so far that I wanted to take a year off Mm. and um, what was the time frame on that? I worked all I mean I've been working since high school but you know through undergrad and uh, I think like two or three years outside as well so I've been working straight since I was 16 so I think I was around 25 26 at the time and I just wanted a break um, never really got to enjoy my youth as much as I thought I wanted to so mm-hmm. I stopped what I was doing I was living in the Hamptons at the time and I was like listen like I want to move back maybe New York, maybe Philly maybe Boston but like I want to kind of start all over. And at the time, um, my buddy who's still my roommate now, um, so like about four years ago, he said, Hey, listen, like I have an extra room. Maybe you could stay with me at Hoboken. So I did. Um, but I didn't want to eat too much into my savings. So I looked for a part-time gig around and I was like, you know what? Like maybe I could serve a couple days. So I was a part-time server for a while. Um, I think for about two, three months. Um, and then at the cafe, that's when they um, taught me how to be a barista Um, and then moved on to a head barista, and then my manager left, so I kind of assumed the manager role because I had managerial experience from my other um, um, jobs in the past. Sure. From there, I was like, okay, I guess I'm doing this. I'm gonna move to the city, and then I got two locations in the city, then a third one um, out in Long Island And then from there, became like a multi-site manager into an ops manager. So it's kind of just these things, you just like work hard and people were offering me more and more and I just handled it, more opportunities. That's crazy. Um, And then they were like, you know what, like you are good at operations, like why don't you help us open up new stores? Because at the time we were trying to open up, I think about 30 new sites in about a span of a year and a half. So. it was kind of all hands on deck. And I think that's back to what you were talking about, the mentality. Like, yeah. when you do see a goal like that, like, you do whatever it takes to get there.
1: What was your goal, though? Like, I know you started from as, like, a barista, head barista. It looked like you were going up. But was there ever, like, did you see that, I don't want to say a finish line, but of you you saying? Like, within this industry, I would be very happy at this point yeah. kind of thing.
2: In hindsight, I think what was really the biggest um driving factor was not the pay raise or not the title. It was that I wanted to get to a point where I knew everything to open up my own store. Mm-hmm. Mm. And it's kind of crazy because like three years later, like I did attain most of the knowledge, except maybe some of the legal parts where like what sure. to yeah. like, you know, but rent that's like, out a that's space yeah. and yeah, you can like outsource that kind of stuff. But everything else I think I did, I was mani- I was able to learn it. I just never um, thought about it until just now. Like, I really did set out to do what I wanted to, like, three years ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, so if anyone wants to open up their own shop, I think I could be a big help.
1: There we go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. That's, there we uh, go. I think that's super valuable, just seeing something from, like, the very beginning. And I, w- I don't want to say it's a, like... The lower position but in the reality is you went from a barista to like basically managing like multi-sized. multiple multi-sites bi-coastal
0: across the nation that's
1: crazy i mean i mean it takes i mean it takes time and sure. it's not gonna happen
2: right away but I yeah i mean, mean like, efforts, he, like yeah. uh you alex like i yeah. feel like we Tried to hang out as much as we can, but I remember last year before COVID, like I think I was home maybe once a month. Yeah, because you were traveling a month all the time. Like I yeah. remember,
1: yeah. Seeing
0: him so. was like a, it was like a, like a shooting star. You know what I mean? It was like, <laughs> yeah. it was literally a once in a lifetime kind of like lightning, you know, hitting during an earthquake kind of situation. It was a unicorn. I, yeah. And I bet it,
1: like at, at that point in your position, it wasn't even about coffee. It was just more about data and just making sure everything just kind of operated properly, right?
2: Yeah. For me, it was, um, Making sure that all the like logistically, like everything that we're sourcing from a multitude of different vendors, mm-hmm. um, the training of the manager and the team, um, making sure that everything is in place to get us open and operational, like that was always at the forefront. And then um, last summer, I started to get involved in the tech side of it as well, um, which is point of sales, point that of, kind of sale, stuff, right? backends, um, making sure that all the data is clean to make sure that, like, our um, finance team and our, like, uh, logistic, like, our supply chain team are able to um, pull up the data accordingly and our operations team as well. Um, so at the same time that I was opening up stores, I was also taking care of a lot of the POS side of it as well and the data side. So. It was... You were doing a lot. I was doing a lot. Yeah, 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 for sure. And the thing about the POS is where that, like, you have to wait until the sites are all down so that you can make all these changes, because you don't want to make them in the, right, the middle it, of the while, day. Yeah, exactly, right. yeah. So, it was, like, doing all the things to open up the shops in the morning and then doing all the um, tech side at night, yeah. So yeah. which is probably why. That's I crazy, yeah, man. Yeah, sure. But is that is it kind of
0: that exposure to working with data, working with, like, you know, uh, point of sales and that kind of tech that um, inspired you to potentially just look into... Uh, I know you you said early on that you've uh, you're looking into coding academies going back to to school.
2: Yeah exactly so one of the parts that I really did enjoy was the reporting side of things and the data side of it and I wanted to do it at a more advanced level like not just Excel or anything like that so and then I remember I was talking to Alex for a while because he's uh, very successful in his industry and he was like listen like why don't you go ahead and try coding camp and I remember he was like sending me websites here and like during COVID, I really did take the time to like take some intro courses. And for me, I thought it was a, it was going to be a completely different start, which some people take and I appreciate and like, you know, I accept that as well. But for me, I thought, how can I leverage all these years of experience that I have um, so that it's not a full start or restart, but Mm -hmm. like uh, how do I kind of merge the two where I get a jump on things because of my ops background and that's when I started to think about data science because with my ops background we've had people before like come in and like send us reports and things like that but they did it from maybe just the strictly financial side where they don't understand where on paper things make sense but if you're not an operator you don't understand it so with my ops background I thought that if I learned data science I would be a better a better like uh, middleman yeah. So that the reports make a little more sense to the operators, which at the end of the day, the operators are the ones making the money, like you want to do everything to ensure their success yeah so what I'm curious about is you know what do you want to do after you come out of
0: a, a coding academy you've learned data science data analytics, like what do you want to do uh, with all that information, the skill set that you you'll build going to that 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 uh academy
2: well, speaking from someone who hasn't gone through the academy yet um my expectation, I guess, my hope right now would be to find a role that is something in ops or sales yep. where I can leverage my work experience um, along with my new um, newly acquired knowledge. Um, so in a field that's kind of around sales or hospitality or something like that, but who knows? Like, I mean, like people talk about machine learning and AI. And if I do want to pursue like higher degrees and a master's and PhD, like maybe I would want to go that route. But, um, I think it's something where I just have to wait to like get into school to really find out what I like and what I don't like. Yeah. I think you have a lot of options here for sure. And, um,
1: if, it could be possible that you have all this knowledge about the hospitality industry, but then you get a nice-paying job. Yeah, you go as, somewhere uh, totally As a yeah. software uh, data engineer, and you're sure. like, oh, do I really want to pursue this uh, ops thing? You know, but um, I mean, I think the fact that you have options is always a good thing. Yeah. So either way, I don't think you're gonna go in you know, a wrong direction yeah. at all. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm curious, man. It's like you know, with kind of. Uh, this whole kind of background in terms of like, you know, working in hospitality, now you're going into data. It's like, and I know recently you had applied, uh, for, uh, a coding academy. So It's like, you know, if there's anything that you, you know, could go back maybe two months and kind of like be like, Hey, yo DK, like watch out for these things, you know, when you go applying, uh, to coding academies, like, you know, what's something that you didn't expect, uh, while going through that process?
2: Well, I think I could have better prepared myself for the application process where, I mean... What's the process like? I mean, you have to do a technical assessment, so you need to have an understanding of the the theory behind it, like a lot of statistics and how you approach the problem, and then also the other half of it is like purely execution, so you want to have an understanding of the uh, language to make sure that you're able to execute on the theory so it's like a hand in hand so I think if I played golf a little bit less maybe I could have uh <laughs> prepped myself a little better yeah uh, but what's the backstory
1: behind this like were you able to not get in the first time or was it kind of like you didn't feel as confident
2: when you f- first applied what was the reason yeah uh, the latter part I think okay. it's just um one of those things where after you you know when you're like when you have an argument with someone yeah. and then like a week later, you're like, "Oh, I should have said that." Like, it's kind <laughs> yeah, of those. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're in the shower. You're like yeah, washing your yeah. hair. You're like, "Damn, oh, I should have said that." Yeah, exactly. I mean, so.
1: I mean, you still got in, so I mean, at the end of the day, that's like the most important part. I think some people like these days with coding boot camps and not just data science, but everything in general. They're so strict about who they accept because those uh, job placements are super important. And I don't know, you must have done something
2: right to get in. So, <laughs> well, I think also from the interview side, I, I really made it clear that like I am trying to do this full time where mm-hmm. like i will take a leave of absence from my work right so i think from my point of view like i think that's what um like i portrayed myself really well where i was saying like and i will do it like i mm-hmm. will take a leave of absence from work to pursue this and mm-hmm. i think they really appreciated my my desire yeah. to, the level of investment that you yeah you're
0: showing and you're you're willing to make in order to uh be a part of this yeah exactly exactly interesting that's so crazy well you know as we end uh this episode man you know i just want to ask you one last question bro and uh you know answer it in any way that you'd like but i'm just curious uh for you you know what are you really looking forward to uh in 2021 you know like you know i feel like this year was kind of a wash you know we've all been through some crazy stuff just because it's like so out of context so unusual but um you know I- i'm curious man like what, what are you uh, really looking forward to
2: um in the coming year I mean, based on our conversation, I would really say with the career change, I would say that's probably one of the biggest ones. Yeah. Where hopefully, fingers crossed, I um come out with the necessary knowledge to be able to move dif- to a different career and, mm-hmm. a, and a better job uh, for myself, and uh, making sure. And, and and I think also like twenty twenty really made you realize what was important what is important so i think another big thing for me is just making sure that i go into 2021 appreciating the important things that are truly important what's what's what is truly important man um you know your loved ones uh for me like my girlfriend uh, my close friends my family uh, shout out to you what's up yo (laughs) (laughs) so making sure that um you know, I have a good relationship with everyone um, in that circle and also, yeah, yeah. Uh, what I said about work, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. But, you know, here's the thing, man. We're so excited uh, for everything that's in store for you, man. You know, I think, uh, real talk, you know, again, you're, you're one of the hardest working guys that I know, super smart. And so, um, wherever you, you know, life leads you, I feel like uh, um, you're just going to, you know, handle it head on.
1: And just you like i just, just slay. Yeah, I'm super excited for you. I, I, I you have so many possibilities. I'm just kind of curious where where you're gonna end up, but yeah, because
0: yeah. you're wanna, like you're like the rare situation where you're both like a jack of all trades, but you're also kind of like a master of everything too.
2: Yeah, and I, I, yeah, I would say like rather than a specific skill that I'm really really good at, I do like to be more well-rounded. But uh-huh. um, I gotta say like it does also have its shortcomings, where people are looking for like masters of a single trade rather than someone who can kind of do everything right yeah that's fair yeah. enough yeah right well here's the thing man
0: you know if you guys out there uh listening are interested in uh coding academies or you know learning about more about you know the whole process into getting one of those uh getting into one of those uh schools uh hit our boy uh dk uh, up you know you want to throw out some handles bro we
2: DK Dapper. that's all <laughs> it is
0: just dk dapper instagram yeah, hit him up on Instagram, LinkedIn, wherever you uh, you, you want to find him. Uh, but, you know, we just want to thank you so much for uh, being on our episode today, man. Coming in. Much appreciated, it's friend. It's my pleasure. Honestly, the, the sexiest guy that I know. Oh all right well for everyone else guys uh, we thank you so much for uh taking uh the time out to listen to our podcast today uh you know we're out every which we try to create episodes every single week so uh you know hopefully next week we'll have a a great episode as well so make sure you stay tuned on our youtube channel that's did you eat yet podcast as well as um on spotify apple music wherever you want to find us We're we're basically everywhere um on top of that follow us on instagram that's where you find all the updates that's at did you eat podcast and uh until next week you know we just want to say uh, thank you guys Yeah, thank you guys. Bye. Thank you. See you guys.